So firstly, Mick established his lead. What a trick that you are. I'm after around. winning my second quiz in a row on my return and you haven't stopped be bullshitting every single This is absolute no, nonsense. No, no, no. Celebrate Boo my greatness. Yeah. OTV AM. Live. Weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTV Sports app. Yeah, very welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on Newstalk. Shane Hannon with you through until 5pm this evening. If you missed that Barry Hearn interview before the ad break, really, really fascinating stuff with Barry. He was in great form, spoke to him at the Crucible uh, in Sheffield. Well, he was at the Crucible. I was sitting in McGaff and Monaghan, uh, of course, on Zoom. But uh, really fascinating guy. He's got a book out there a couple of days ago as well. The book called My Life, Knockouts, Snookers, Bullseyes, Tight Lines and Sweet Deals, released a couple of days ago. But... Um, some really fascinating stories uh, about uh, bearing his arse so Ronnie O'Sullivan could be uh, turned professional at the age of 16, uh, managing Chris Eubank, Steve Davis, all the rest as well. So that podcast is up on the OTB Sports app or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, the full video as well is uh, youtube.com forward slash off the ball. Still loads to come. Football Saturday from 3 to 5. Johnny Ward, Graham Gartland and uh, Simon Cox will, will be with me. It has gone full time at St James's Park and Liverpool are back top of the Premier League for a few hours at least at uh, St James's Park for that one. Newcastle against Liverpool was Stephen Goldsmith. Newcastle nil, Liverpool won first blood to Liverpool in the title race this weekend. A hard-fought win here that they had to earn against a dogged Newcastle side. Naby Keita scored in the first half, finishing a move that angered the Newcastle faithful. A strong Milner tackle being called as fair. Liverpool continued to play and scored as a result. Despite a nervy finish, Mane and Jota twice could and should have wrapped this game up earlier, but chances were missed. They held on though for a vital three points. Newcastle nil, Liverpool won. The result moves Liverpool to 82 points. Uh, two points ahead of Manchester City who are on 80 and uh, now a five goal better off goal difference for Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool as well. Of course Man City in action at half past five away to Leeds at Ellen Road. Uh, just time to mention as well that uh, during Off the Ball's brand new Women's Six Nations feature in association with Vodafone Ireland we all belong to the team of us. Three of the first ever Irish women's internationals Captain Jill Henderson Therese Kennedy and Tanya Waters look back on how Irish women's rugby all started. Have a listen. We have 70 people were nominated to go for the trials uh, in uh, Cook Rugby Club at that time. So it was very exciting. I know I was so positive I undertook to uh, see if we could get sponsorship because uh, the practicality is where we didn't. We had no money. We were going to this international match. We had no kit. We had nothing. And, uh, And we only had like, what, about a month or two months? We had an idea. We had a plan. We had nothing else. Everyone had to to pay for themselves yeah, yeah. to so get over the breakfast yeah Couldn't, you can actually believe like really we we played an international match without having a proper training yeah. session yeah I can remember being in the sitting on the stairs in the bed and breakfast the um, night before the, the night before introducing yeah. each other yeah because yeah. we didn't remember, know each other's know. names trials, you've got to pay for your accommodation, you've got to pay for your shirt. We just couldn't because we wouldn't have had a team. I suppose the thing was that on the Irish team, I mean, 10 of the players were based in the UK and five players were based in Ireland. So that made it very difficult to organise any sort of training session. Because uh, there was no no Ryanair then, was there? So it was all Lingus. so it was quite expensive to come yeah. across at the yeah. time. There was no mobile phones and there was no email. So it God, we sound really old now. And <laughs> <laughs> you kind of forget yeah. about these things. No, we had when when I got the call about selection, I'd given him my work phone number and my rugby club phone number. And I was at my rugby club when they rang 
and the phone was in the foyer and, and I was in the clubhouse and everybody came, everyone was waiting at the door and I'm like, hello? And then when they said I got in, it was like massive cheer, but it was like, there was no privacy. Like you had yeah. to just stand there. Yeah. Brilliant. So I'm glad I got in. Yep, three of the first ever Irish women's rugby internationals there. Captain Jill Henderson, Therese Kennedy and Tanya Waters looking back on how Irish women's rugby all started. Of course, the Irish women's rugby team in action in their final TikTok women's Six Nations game this evening, 8pm. That is Ireland against Scotland at Kingspan Stadium up in Belfast. Uh, So we'll keep you on tabs on that uh, later on tonight and of course into tomorrow's show as well with Joe from 1 o'clock until 7. Johnny Ward has joined me in the studio this afternoon. Good afternoon, Johnny. What's going on, Shane? Very little. I was... uh, Saying to, to Andy, our producer earlier, that I was um, in Punchestown. Well, I met Owen Sheehan in the in the at the entrance to Punchestown. Anywhere he doesn't go, like he's just, he's, he, he just loves all events. He's a he? man of the people, Owen. Man of the people. Everyone recognises Owen when they're out and about, you know. And I'd say it's it's an ego boost, but it's a lot of pressure as well. Yeah, he does have he does have a lovely way about him. The last time I had a beer with him was at Other Voices, where we ended right. up having a great night. Yeah, and uh, you know you could, you could meet him at a gig, you could meet him at a sporting event or at the races or whatever. He's that type of guy. He's uh, yeah, because I walked in with a few of my uh, my, my brother and a few of his friends and uh, straight away Owen came up he was shaking hands kissing babies you know, he, he's like a proper politician he's a uh, he'd win Fianna Fáil next well he could be a, he could yeah. be a Kerry TD at some point in the future joining the, the Healy Rays who knows but um, how would yeah, you get on it was great and Owen reminded me I actually said to Owen when I walked in this is my first ever time at Punchestown and he said geez I, I was at Oxygen 2011 right here and I, he reminded me that I was also that's so, mad crazy yeah. isn't it I was um I was at a gig the other night with my uh, cousin uh, Lowe were playing Vicar Street and um, my co- or, sorry, my neighbour Ronan Hearn was there and Adrian Taff of LMFM had come along as well completely randomly I went out for a vape and came back in and they're like we used to work together for uh, the radio about 25 years ago he stayed in my house <laughs> he only knew one Adrian Taff and it was the same Adrian Taff so <laughs> of like, Ireland is just ridiculously small yeah, yeah. Um, so they're kind of friends for life again anyway it's um, it's quite a venue, Punchestown. Like I, I'd never been to uh, to the races there before, and it was definitely on my sporting bucket list. Now, obviously, there's some there's some bigger events that I want to get to as well. But mm. atmosphere was incredible, and to see, you know, the the reception in particular, Rachel Blackmore maybe got in coming into the winners' enclosure after uh, Honeysuckle won, was was quite special. Um, to see, you know, moments like that up close and personal. Even I was speaking to you off air there, Johnny, and, and like Billaway, that that race in the um the champion hunters chase under Patrick Mullins and Vossalea that final fence like we were right beside that fence and just the, the that's the winning and losing of the race that fence this you know? is the thing but I know the, the GEA kind of use that slogan nothing beats being there but when you're when you're actually at a sporting event like that and you see it up close and personal it does make it so much better I don't think we I don't think we sell race enough in, in regards to the, the the quality of a horse jumping a fence that you can see up close like that and um, I had a bet on Billaway in that race and like I've been struggling to pick winners of Punchdown all week <laughs> and even though that was a hunter's chase which is like I don't know what you call it the like the division four of kind of jumps race. Do you know it's modest enough quality? Yeah. What a race! Like it was just such. A, it was it, they went hammer and tongs, and tactically Patrick Mullins completely threw it out the window. Billaway to make the run, and I didn't expect that. And then you know you're you're you have a few quid on. I think you had a few quid on Billaway, and you're yes. like you know you could do with the winner and jump at the last. It's so in the balance, and you get that jump, and he totally out jumps the other horse who rallies all the way to the line. Uh, and Rachel Blackmore, I mean, you're there for. I was lucky enough to see Frankel in York. I saw see the stars in Leopardstown, and 
these are literally horses. Not only they're not not only generational talents, but like Honeysuckle could be the greatest mare of all time, mm. of all time. Like really could be. You know, maybe she's not done one because you're not going to run the Gold Cup. But she's at the moment. There's every chance she will retire unbeaten. And um, you know what her and Rachel Blackmore have done for the sport is incredible. Sixteen wins out of sixteen. Like that 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 is important as well to, to maybe cement the legacy to re- retire unbeaten. It really kind of makes a difference. You don't like at times in that race yesterday. You're thinking mm. Honeysuckle. Yeah, might not win this, but, yeah. but of course came through in the end. But it, there, there's a little bit of pressure to to get to that retirement stage unbeaten, maybe. Oh, there is. I mean, like you've you've really good horses on the flat who run until their three-year-old campaign. They might have four runs and then they're retired. Like Honeysuckle is now on the go. She's eight years of age. Her first run, her first of her sixteen wins, was back. Uh, if you want to count point to point in April uh, four years ago, so that's four years of, you know, there's this theory as well that you can't rely on mares that they're more fickle, um, which is kind of I don't know. I think it's probably a bit of a nonsense but like it's, it'll be one of these wives tales and race and all don't back a mare you know she, she might have an off day and sometimes mares are in season she never has an off day like she even yesterday in fairness she it wasn't her best performance probably but she's just doing enough she's at that stage where she's probably like a, a boxer who kind of he's just going to do what he needs to do or she's going to hopefully do what she needs to do tonight in Katie Taylor's mm. uh, case just do enough and win and beat what's in front of you and if she takes on Constitutional Hill next year I think that'll put to bed any argument about what she's beating yeah. you know what I mean because his performance at Shelton was definitely generational as well uh, Paul Townend will be crowned champion jockey for a fifth time Patrick Mullins as we mentioned who was on board Bill away Na- National Hunt champion amateur for the 14th time like that was his 200th winner I think of the season in Ireland like just such a and, and the weather I think helps Johnny as well for those for those occasions like I, I, I can't think of somewhere I would l- less prefer to be you know in than racing in, in a really really downpouring day yeah. like, it's just it, uh, a little bit of sun adds to the atmosphere as well, I think. Totally, yeah. Like so, the, the second day at Cheltenham that became a big problem, where um, you know it was just really, really horrible, and it was uh, it's, climate change is such that now I think you get like less regular rain, but when it happens, it can be really bad. And that Cheltenham it was a complete downpour, and it was almost unheard of. Um, so we've been, I think we've been lucky with Punchdown with the weather. Uh, I think it brings on the idea of going to the Curran Leopard Sound in the flats. Um, flat days ahead I think I really love the flat in the summer Shane I love the idea of Leopard Sound of an evening you get a band after racing the Curra is a beautiful racetrack it's by far the most modern racetrack in Ireland they've spent a lot of money on it really nice facilities and it's a lovely place to spend uh, summer's day and obviously like the likes of Nace as well if you're on the if in the east of the country for uh, the week for the weekday meetings and um, yeah the sun definitely helps get the barbecue out because racing does have a challenge to, to sell the idea of going racing when mm. you know the race itself can be like you know, 3% of the entire day can be taken up by the actual sport. So you've 97%, might be exaggerating here, but you've 90 to 95% of the day to fill with something yeah. that isn't the actual sport. So you have to kind of, I think, it, with people having such, you know, worsening attention spans, it's a challenge for uh, race uh, race courses to attract people. But like, they still seem to be doing a very good job. And as you say, Punchstown was a great atmosphere there this week. Uh, yeah, you mentioned climate change there. Like I saw your your post on Instagram stories the other day about talking about the the failed rainy season in Somalia, and I think <sighs> looking at uh, India, you know the the heat that's in India at the moment as well, almost makes you feel like you know when you're when you're talking about anything else, life sport or whatever, it kind of puts it in perspective because you're like, Does, like this is a bigger this is a bigger well, issue. This well, is like, huge. There was a, there was a poll I think, um, and John Gibbons does a lot of really good articles, mainly in the Business Post, and he he quoted. Now, I could be wrong this, but I think the figure was 6%. Per, per 6% of people 
said this is the most important thing in their lives. I mean, that is absolutely absurd. We are in so much shit here. Like, we are, it, this is apocalypse now. Yeah. And you look at the rainy seasons they're missing in South, in Somalia. Um, you, you talk to anyone who lives in, like, the Middle East, parts of the Middle East, you can't even live there anymore. Phoenix, Arizona has become an uninhabitable. Um, and all this is happening now. And if you live in Ireland, you can tell, even living in Dublin, the weather is getting so erratic. Like, yeah. and we are storing so much crap in the air to make this much, much worse. We're not making it any better. In fact, we're making it worse. And people who don't realize how bad this is, like, I, I genuinely think if you're having, if you're planning children at this stage of your life, you actually have to think about what you're bringing them into because they, nobody can say that um, for certain what how bad this is going to be. Mm. I think it's it's apocalyptic and I'm a hypocrite as well. Like, I'm, I'm not doing enough. Like, I'm, taking, are, I'm taking a flight tomorrow. I'm not doing enough. But, like, we, we need to do this now. And, like, you know, we I think the first solar farm in Ireland went um, live yesterday. And uh, there's a lovely uh, story on RT about it. Like, so basically, uh, you know, farmers, if their land is near enough to grade and if it's south facing, they can sell for solar and they can even keep the sheep on the land so the sheep can graze and they can help actually graze so that the solar panels aren't blocked by the, the grass and so on and so forth. But like, that farm yesterday took seven years to get off the ground. This is something that should be happening in months. It should be happening straight away. And you've these idiots objecting to a solar farm, which isn't even an eyesore. So stop objecting to this nonsense, like, and realize that we have to do something now. And Ireland could be a world leader on this instead of like moaning about not being able to cut turf and so on. Because like it's, it's, it's our children we have to think of here. I don't have children, but if I did have a child, I would be like, what am I bringing him or her into here? Because I can't promise him anything. Mm. Put it all in perspective, doesn't it? Really, when you're when you're talking about sport and other things, it does. Like you're watching, you know, you're. Watching the, 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 I was watching Man City. Um Sorry, Man United, Chelsea the other night, and I was kind of just thinking, like, I think I'd just been reading about that Somalia thing, but they've missed four of the last five rainy seasons have just failed, I think, mm. just failed. And uh, I was like, this is, I mean, how could you even get worked up about things like this? But, you know, there's, yeah, I guess you have to get on with it. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, yeah, not, uh, it's not an easy thing to talk about or to think about for a lot of people, but it's the reality, to be fair. Um, uh, there is a good quote, which I'll find for you. I think it was, um, which is uh, on, on this, if I, give me a minute, yeah, I'll find yeah, no it. It's, it's quite, it's quite light it's, it's Woody Allen. And he says, more than any other time in history, mankind faces a crossroads. One path leads to despair and utter hopelessness, the other to total extinction. Let us hope uh, and pray that we have the wisdom to choose correctly. And that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, makes you fearful. Will we have the wisdom to choose the right things? You don't know. Um, uh, on the race today, I should mention as well, for people listening in as well, who maybe are at Punchestown or looking, keeping an eye out on the results. The, uh, the first race there, the uh, cross-country chase today. Uh, the winner, Hurricane Darwin, 22-1 uh, to one shot with Stealthy Tom at 20-1 to one in second. And uh, Shady Operator, another end of Bulger horse uh, after the Stealthy Tom is also end of Bulger but uh, Shady Operator in third at 2-1 to one. Uh, so there's uh, another uh, decent card at uh, Punchstown there today a quick word before we uh, mention the guineas as well Johnny on, on uh, Robbie Power like a great servant to the sport it was f- you know on Teahupo yesterday it was great to see him uh, bow out obviously not with a win but uh, on the big stage and a uh, remarkable career remarkable career and a really sound fella and I think I don't know what he's going to do in his future but I think if he took, took on Meteor which a lot of jockeys do and some of them have taken some of the Irish jockeys have taken extremely well to it I think Robbie would be well capable he's a very forthright talker uh, we had him on here this season before I don't know was the Dublin Race Festival or Leopardstown at Christmas and he's um, there's no crap out of him he just tells it as it is um, and he'll have a bit of crack um, he's, he, you know he was part of a real golden generation of jockeys suffered horrific injuries he looked he actually looked like the Terminator when he won the Gold Cup on um, Size and John because he had a serious injury and he had to get these glasses that um, these like goggles that like effectively um 
he'd broken his eye socket or something, but he had these goggles, special goggles, to make him see in races. And you can imagine jumping fences at 35, 40 miles an hour on a horse that's, uh, you know, the, 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 the energy below you and uh, having to wear these glasses. Won the Gold Cup, um, suffered badly with injuries, and I think really wisely, like, didn't... He went out at a good time because, Shane, it's like... You know there, there would have been races to honor jockeys uh, this week who passed away in the in the in the in the in a race like um and it's very very dangerous and to get out in one piece if you want to say he's in one piece he's, he's been broken up many times to get out in one piece is great and i wish robbie the best i think uh, he's from a really really famous horse um horsey family obviously con power in the show jumping and all that and he may go training but if he does go into the media route or whatever I think he'll, he'll fly it he's a great fella we've gone way over time Johnny but uh, very briefly new market big weekend 1000 guineas 2000 guineas if you had to pick your winner in a word in each uh, yeah I think today um, I'm really interested to see how Luxembourg gets on um, in terms of his derby credentials uh, and I'm sorry to go over um, because I think he'll probably want a bit further he'll probably want a mile and a half um, I think the favourite should win though he's a very good horse native trail um, it's going to be a cracking race um, but back Luxembourg for the derby I would say Excellent well, uh, back Luxembourg for the derby you have it there Johnny Ward thanks a million you're, you're going to stay with us we have Off the Ball Football Saturday coming up uh, after the break from 3-5 to five, Graham Gartland and Simon Cox the former Irish international striker will join us as well loads to get into Liverpool have beaten Newcastle by a go to Hill at St James's Park we're back after this with Off the Ball Football Saturday